Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back to the podcast with Pastor Stephen, The Unchangeable Truth. And we are looking at Romans chapter 11, verses 16 through 26 this week. You know, this is coming off of your sermon yesterday. And you, at the very first thing in your sermon, Pastor Stephen, you made this statement to the fact that this is a big piece of uh, material. It's a big chunk of text that uh, we're going to go through. And uh, I'm going to let you kind of explain why that is because of the fact that you even you even talk about how um, part of, well, Romans 9, 10, and 11 are sometimes maybe misunderstood back in the day um, before the nation of Israel was formed. So I'll let you kind of work. Th- did I just give your answer away? I think you just I gave, gave my, my answer, answer away. away. But that's I'm okay. I'm so sorry. I'll let that's you right. expound no. on that. No, you did, um, a, you did a great job, There you man. go. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. You if we could job. notate that, put that everywhere yeah. for all of our listeners, yeah. Pastor Stephen said, yeah. Ryan, for, did a great yeah. job. First, first of all, we want to we welcome we, uh, uh, our producer's not here this yeah. week. He is uh, He's working his day job. And, I thought he was a was at a journey concert. He didn't oh, go to a journey well, that, concert. That, it could have been could okay. have been the case. I heard Night Ranger is thinking <laughs> about coming through, um, and uh, I know he really enjoys some Night Ranger. Do you um, just make bands up, or is that really a thing? No, right, Night Ranger is seriously. You need a sister Christian. You need to listen to their song "Sister Christian" by Night, Night Ranger. Ranger. Okay. Awesome. All right. Yeah, true '80s people understand. <laughs> Well, um, I promise you, our producer uh, would. But anyway, we've got right. a we've Sorry. got a, a, a stand in, fill in a guy. Uh, we're glad to, glad to have Bessie here with us. The, uh, but yeah, to your to your question, to your question um, that you so eloquently, <laughs> yeah, and quickly that's answered. That's a great word for um, it. That's a great word. The. Uh, yeah, it made no sense. It made no sense. I mean, it, we're sitting here and we're like, well, first of all, here, I mean, here we are, and Israel has been uh, reconstituted as a nation, recognized by the United Nations, recognized by by the world uh, since 1948, and and even then, it. I mean, this is this is some hard stuff to yeah. chew on. Yeah. But I mean, if you're sitting here before 1948, you know. And you're reading this, it would have been extremely difficult to really understand what was going on. That's the reason why so many Bible commentators would just kind of skim over it and not dive into it. Because, again, no nation of Israel. Uh, well, nation of Israel comes along, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I see how this, I see how this is now all playing out. And um, what we're seeing happen before us today is prophecy being fulfilled uh, and so it, understand, uh, and, and, and a lot of a lot of guys come along and they say, well, 
uh, Israel in the New Testament, whenever it talks about Israel, it's 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 the church is modern day Israel. They are they are God's chosen people. It is the church, and they kind of try to take some symbolism there. I don't I don't hold to that um, because again, there, there is an Israel, and so um, I believe it's literally talking about that. But he kind of kind of fleshes that out today, reminding us he is not through with the Jews. Now I always try to make this very clear because the question always comes up: Do you believe? That being a Jew is going to get someone to heaven. Well, well no. I mean, being yeah. being a Gentile is not going to get right. someone to heaven. Being a being a preacher is not going to get somebody uh, right. to heaven. Um, the only the only the only ticket to heaven is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, having your sins forgiven. But God chose to bless the world through the nation of Israel. Uh, the very promises that he gave to yeah. Abraham, Abraham, he had no way to fully fathom what God was saying. Right. Right. You know, I'm going to bless the whole world. Well, how did he bless the whole world? We can sit there. We can follow the lineage. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus came through the line of Abraham. And so um, that's how the world was blessed. So uh, he dives into this talking about the olive trees and the symbolism again to the folks of the Middle East. Yeah. This would an olive tree would have been like us. Well, first of all, we don't have trees here in the Panhandle of Florida, but when we had trees, it'd be like him using a pine tree analogy yeah. or maybe a palm tree, a palm tree analogy, and we would have been like, yeah, 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 I got one of those in my front yard. I, I get that. I'm tracking with that. So he uses the olive tree to tell us great symbolism about what. Um, what it means to be in a relationship with God. And again, talking about the Jews, talking about the Gentiles in relation to Christ. So that let's, let's go ahead and just dive into your, your points. And, you know, right before your points, you're like, look, we, we need to understand this big chunk of text. We need to understand what the scripture's saying because you want us to fall in love with God's word, but also fall in love with the God of the word. And so you just dive straight into tearing apart this text, breaking it apart so we can understand it. Your first point is, you know, God's tree of life. And you have several sub points under that, um, just talking about God's tree of life. So I'll let you just pick right. through those. Um, man, that's, there's a lot of stuff there. I'm sure you can wrap some of that in one pretty package, but I'll let you yeah. go for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about the whole package thing, no. but uh, anyway, we'll see, we'll see what we can do. The uh, <laughs> first of all, he, he he really uses two two word pictures there, and the first one we just uh, we don't spend much time on because Paul doesn't spend much time right. on, but where he's talking about the first fruits and you know kind of that Jewish custom to bring the first fruit offerings, and we we follow that today as followers of Christ, bringing the first uh, fruit, the first ten percent. Uh, of of our finances to uh, to to the to the Lord in honor of Him and obedience to Him to the church, but you know, he he talks a little bit about that, but we don't really dive into that because again, he doesn't as well. But I think it's a great point, a great yeah. reminder. Hey, man, everything that we have in life that's worth anything has come as a gift from God. So let us be faithful uh, when it comes to the first fruits. The reality is, it all belongs to Him. He's called us to be good stewards of all of it, but He's called us to give at least ten percent of it back to him right and so then he dives off into the root is holy and so we are the branches and and there it goes the olive tree in this picture of the tree of life first of all he talks about the roots what are the roots the roots you know a lot of times when we think of christ we're like okay uh yeah we're talking new testament stuff here <laughs> what 
Well, no, no, we're talking totality of Bible stuff here, that the very promises, we mentioned this earlier, the very promises that were given to Abraham uh, back in Genesis are the very promises that he is talking about here. That's what our faith is built on. It's not a situation where, oh, yeah, we have the Jews over there and, you know, the Jews have their own faith and all that kind of stuff. And then we have over here Christianity and Christianity is built out of Jewish faith. And folks say, well, then hang on, Jewish faith is wrong. Wrong, I would I would say the promises of God through Jewish faith are not wrong. Mm. Uh, the problem is mm. it, it, they miss Jesus. Yeah, and we we could take that even further. We could even say, oh man, the teachings of the Baptist Church are wrong. Well, absolutely they are. If somebody misses Jesus, right, right. You know, it's not necessarily the teachings, but it's what you grab hold of. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the promises here they're built on that the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh, and we even I even quoted a verse of scripture from Galatians, just talking about. I love this. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles right, by faith. Right. Well, yeah, the scripture is the very breathed word <laughs> right, of God. Right, it's like God right. told us that He knew. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The right. Gentiles were going to be justified how by faith. Yeah. When was the gospel going to be announced? Oh, I know when it was going to be announced. Uh, when the star was there and the wise men came from the far east when there were, you know, angels, a host of angels singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's when the gospel was announced. No, no, the gospel was announced to Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to give you descendants as many as the stars in the sky, all nations, Mm. not just the Jews, right? All nations will be blessed and I'm going to do that through you, through your descendants. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So, yeah, the promises are the roots. We build off of that. That's the reason why it's so important for us to understand that, yeah, when it comes to reading the New Testament, I've got to put my Jesus glasses on. But even more so, I better put my Jesus glasses on when it comes to reading the Old Testament. The Old Testament makes no sense unless you understand it was a foreshadowing of what was about yeah. to happen. We have the Gospels, which are the actual recording of the life of Christ. Uh, and I don't like to use the terminology life. Maybe that's a bad term. But when he had flesh on, he walked yeah. among us, right. Right? right? And then after that, hey, here's what he is doing. Here's what he will do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, before he came in flesh, while he was here in flesh, and then after he left the flesh. That is the Bible in a nutshell. So how do I understand the Old Testament? We'll get a good grasp of the New Testament, salvation by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ, God's gift to the world, uh, you know, the relationship that comes through him. And now I'll go back and wow, wow, it's like the Old Testament's jumping off the pages to me. Yeah. And when you really focus it that way, um, it's amazing the prophetic verses in the Old Testament that were like, well, that sounds just like, whoa, hey, wait, that is Jesus. Yeah. That is Jesus right there. So, yeah, the promises are not, you know, the roots of the olive tree, which equates to the tree of life from God. Yeah. It wasn't a situation. Well, that, that kind of picks up in Matthew. Then your next one was, you know, so so off of your first point, you know, God's, God's tree of life. 
The promises are the roots. Your second one is God's power to produce fruit is the sap. So again, like you're 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 diving into some meat. You're you're saying these these. You know, you're talking about the illustration of the the olive tree. Um, then your other one was the Jews are the natural branches. So can you kind of can you correlate though? And then the Gentiles the new branches. So how's all that working together? Yeah, verse seventeen. I use a New King James version, and the New King James actually says uh, the fatness of the olive tree. And, um, you know, now I, I, I love the New King James. We know it is indeed the very holy word of God. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not KJV, you know, just because some of the KJV is hard to understand. That's not a Mickey Mouse like ESV oh, or come on, New American Standard or Christian Standard Bible or, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Easy read English version on the street Bible or well, I can't remember all the names of them. But anyway. Uh, yeah, send your emails to, I don't know, send it to the producer. You don't yeah. have his email address, but the, uh, it'd be, it'd be, we should get him one. Yeah, well, let's make him one up. Journey at, at highlandpark.org. Journey yeah. at highlandpark.org. Yeah. But no, get you a copy of God's Word. Get whatever, whatever translation you enjoy reading and just wear it out, yeah. buddy. Yeah. But, uh, I use the word sap there because that makes sense. Everybody yeah. understands the sap of a tree. Yeah. You know, if I'm like, hey, let's talk about the fatness of the tree. You're like, well, fat tree. What? The tree's got fat. What? What are you talking? So sap, sap is what? It, it goes down. It flows through the roots. That's, you know, the roots grab hold of the water and the nutrients and all that kind of stuff. And the sap is what is produced. It comes up through the vine. It comes up through the trunk, right? It comes up through the branch and then it gives forth the fruit. And so what is God's power in this tree of life to produce fruit through the branches? Well, the sap would be the work of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the sap. Okay, what is the roots? The roots were built upon the promises that God gave even to Abraham. His, and, and, and hey, let me, let me just say this to our listeners. That, again, is proof, evidence that salvation through Jesus Christ is not plan B. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was his plan from the beginning. Anyway. So the Holy Spirit, that's what that's what that's what empowers us. The Holy Spirit is what produces the fruit inside of us. And then he talks about the natural branches. He's talking about Jews. He even says there in verse 20, some were literally chopped off. Why? Why were they chopped off? God's just randomly over there saying, I'm going to cut this one off. I'll keep this one. I'll cut this one off. I'll keep this. No, it doesn't mean that at all. Here's what it means. They chose not to believe. Yeah. They chose not to accept Jesus as the Messiah. Not all of them were cut off. Why? Because some believed. How do we know that? (laughs) Well, uh, Paul would be a great example. The guy who wrote what we're reading here. Yeah. You know, last week, even as he said in there saying, hey, God's not through with the Jews. You know, we said one of the forms of evidence or the first proof is like, he's like, well, that would be me. Right. Here you go. He's not done with the Jews. Look at me. If he were done with the Jews, I'd still be killing you folks. But he's not. And so the Jews are the natural branches. Most were cut off because most chose not to believe. And so uh, we talked about completed Christians. I love the quote that C.S. Lewis, that I used from C.S. Lewis, where he says, in a sense, the converted Jew is the only normal human being in the world. And so we had this uh, with this young 20-something-year-old guy comes up to me after the service, and I did not realize that he is half Jew. His mom is uh, fully Jew. And he came up, he said, I just want to say, Pastor, this is the first time ever in church. 
mm. that I've been called normal. Yeah. Uh, you know, being yeah. a Jew, and I'm like, a Jew? Are you kidding me? I thought you were from Alabama. Yeah. You know, and um, <laughs> anyway, tongue in cheek when I said that. And um, you know, they celebrate uh, Hanukkah and all that. Anyway, they're all completed Jews. Like, right. er, you know, everyone in his family. But uh, we were having that conversation. You stop and think. I mean, my goodness. Those are. We're the wild roots that he talks about. Yeah. Gentiles. Yeah. Gentiles are those. I mean, there really had to be some grafting for us, right? Yeah. Uh, but the Jews were his chosen. The very ones that, oh, wow, naturally they should get it. The yeah. Jews. Yeah. But as we said last week, they became so uh, so self-absorbed that while God won't you know, God said, I'm going to bless the world through you. They're like, well, let's focus on us. Forget about the world. We're going to focus on who we are. Yeah. And they were chosen by God. Yeah. And we're special by God. Hmm. Uh, and then he talks about the new branches. So the natural branches are the Jews. The new branches are the Gentiles. Uh, let me define Gentile for you. Anyone who's not a Jew. <laughs> Very boom. Simple. Right. You know, I know it's not terminology that you use today you know you don't you're not riding down the street and you see on the back of a truck's bumper you know proud to be a gentile or you know um we don't hang you know the gentile flag from our front porch during i mean i don't know what season we would hang it in maybe lacrosse i have no idea (laughs) Uh, you know i don't know what is the most gentile sport there is out there i I have no idea man who knows maybe we can hang it when we listen to night ranger exactly did i get it right no 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 no, night ranger it is night ranger and they're sweet yeah yeah uh they there's a song called goodbye too that's really really good um and I, i may i may try to you know listen to some night ranger on the ride home today just to kind of chill out a little bit um but anyway they're in night ranger they i don't think they were believers i mean i don't know i've never never talked to them before but i'd like to know about their spiritual condition knowing them they're probably not even alive today they lived a pretty rough life uh but he did have a sister her name was christian um so you never know how that went but the gentiles are the new branches right the Gentiles are the new branches. We've been grafted in, right? And so there's some old wild root over here, Paul says. Gentiles, no hope of producing any good fruit. And that's a powerful statement. Yeah. A powerful statement. Yeah. No hope of producing any good fruit. Well, then you, and your last point under this is fruit is the purpose. So, you know, our, our lives must produce fruit and you've said this many times from the pulpit it's an outward expression of the inward change in our life that we're producing this fruit um and then you even reference the scripture that talks about they will know who we are by our fruit yeah um, i mean why do you why do you plant a tree i mean i was sitting there the other day and my wife's been on me pretty hard i mean we don't we don't have a single tree in our yard I have a single tree in our yard. So, so we built a house a few years ago in a in a, in a kind of a newer development. Yeah, and uh, not a lot of trees there. I can remember the time thinking because where we moved from, we had a lot, a lot of trees. Matter of fact, seen those trees. A lot of yellow flies. A lot in those of yellow trees. flies in those trees. I remember mm. you almost had to go to the ER one day yeah. uh, when um, you were over there hanging out in my backyard. Yeah. Yellow flies really, really, they, they dig them some bearded, balded white dudes. Yes, they do. And uh, they were lighting you up. And uh, But anyway, so we moved to this new house, no trees. I'm like, this is terrible. There are no trees, no trees. Then then we had a Category 5 hurricane where all the trees were laying on top of houses. And I'm like, thank you, God, we had no trees. And so we we legitimately have no trees. So my wife's like, well, let's plant some trees. And I'm like, well, what kind of trees are we going to plant? I don't want to plant any trees that grow anything. We'll plant something for for shade, you know. And then I'm like, well, you know what? It'd be kind of cool. Let's we could plant a lemon tree. 
That'd be that'd be cool. A lemon tree in the backyard. And she's like, well, a lemon tree affects brings bees and you know horse flies and everything's going to be lizards going to be eating the lemons. And I'm like, I want to see a lizard eat a lemon. <laughs> um, anyway, but you know they could, I guess, maybe nibble on it a little bit. Um, it'd take them a while. I'd assume it'd take them a good while to eat a lemon. And why would they want to eat a lemon? I mean, who in the right mind wants to just chew on lemons? But lizards are weird. They're weird. The uh, I mean, they'll jump in my pool and they'll just kind of backstroke around. And then I grab the net to get a hold of them, and they—it's like they grab hold. They—they they hold on the net. I can't even sling them off. But I told Jennifer, if we're gonna plant a tree, we're gonna plant a tree. It's gonna grow something. I can see in your backyard, <laughs> waving around your your pool net, just like, what's Pastor Stephen doing? So I got get, out there one day. This is great. Now, I would encourage this to all of our listeners. This has nothing to do with the Bible. I encourage all our listeners. I got out there one day um, because all the we have all these lizards after the hurricane. You know, it's true. Why? Why? No trees. They have no trees to hang out with. All these stinking lizards. No birds living in trees that are going to kill the lizards. So lizards are just like multiplying crazy. And lizards everywhere, and I'm like, I got to do something about these stinking lizards. They're driving, they're mocking me when I get out of my car. (laughs) And so my daughter, who is now graduating from college, she, many years ago, at some event, won a pink BB gun. (laughs) And so I go in my garage, I get this pink BB gun. And um and I am out there and I am lighting lizards up, man. I am picking them off. And the best kind, the best kind is when you hit them with one that oh stuns them. They're laying on the back, flopping around, and then you put them out of their misery with the other one. And I don't expect the any emails. emails. Journey no, at Highland yeah. Park. I don't expect any emails or... from PETA because lizards aren't animals. Are you kidding me? They're snakes with legs. They're, they're mocking you. They're mocking you. And so, so, but anyway, oh, so I'm sitting there and I'm shooting at one across the back. And I'd been, I'd been, here's what I do. I kill them. Listen, I kid you not. I killed them and then I laid them in my driveway so other lizards would see. You come to this house. This is where you get a lizard. And I'm shooting in my backyard and I'm like, dang gum, I missed that one. And I shot again, dang gum, I missed that one. And I'm walking in and right in a big picture window looking out across uh, our back porch and there's a lake back there there's two bb holes right in the middle of it the oh. window i wasn't even shooting in that direction i guess it was ricocheting either that or the lizard was catching it and throwing it that's let's go with that one and so i had to I, it was like it was like three four dollar window replacement um and so my wife confiscated the pb <laughs> and she hit that thing i found it the other day and so now I just uh, shoot away from the house at the lizards. Oh but I'm like, goodness. we need to plant a tree, but that tree needs to grow something. Yeah. It needs to grow something. <laughs> and maybe a pecan tree. Wouldn't that be good? That I mean, pecan be. tree. But then you got to be careful because with pecan trees, you want to cut the limbs down because pecan wood, grilling on pecan wood. That's good. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good. And then the next thing you know, you're like, you go out, you send your kid, hey, go get me another limb. And he comes back, goes, Dad, the pecan tree's all gone. Yeah. We, we burned it all. And then you won't have pecans for pie. And so... <laughs> Bearing fruit. And so bearing fruit, right? (laughs) I want, I mean, why do we even plant the trees? Why are the trees there? Because we want to bear fruit. Why why don't we bear fruit? Because God gets glory. Yeah. God gets glory. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Again, it goes back to that outward nature has changed. Why Or the outward, what did you say? I don't know. You told me how I defined it earlier. It's an outward expression. Thank you. An outward expression of the inward nature. So the outward expression the way I live has changed. Why? Because, uh, man, I, I'm now attached to a different yeah. tree. Yeah. 
man, I've, I've, I've got a trunk. Who's the trunk? It's Christ. What, what, what's flowing through my veins? The sap, the Holy Spirit. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who grafted me in. Jesus, he gets great glory through the change of life. That's the reason why if your life is never changed, friend, if your life is no different than someone who who, who does not profess Christ, then, then, then I would say, man, you got to take a hard look at your salvation. And sometimes people struggle with this who get saved yeah. as a child. Right. And of course, they're like, well, you know, man, I, I, I trusted Christ when I was six. I, re- I mean, I really didn't have a lot to change from. Yeah. In which, can I tell you, I think the I think the sweetest testimonies you can ever hear. I trusted Christ as a child, and he yeah. protected me from yeah. all this stuff in yeah. my life. What a great testimony. A lot of times we sit there and we're like, oh, man, I heard a great testimony the other yeah. night. There was this guy, and he like, he like, um, he was a biker. And I don't know how it always starts off with a biker, because I know biker. My dentist is a biker. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's not a hard guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's a dentist. You know, when, when you see him in all of his leather and stuff, you're like, look at that dude, man. He'd kill somebody in a heart minute, you know. And then you're sitting there and you go in his office and you're like, is that a protractor, that, you know, that's just hanging out? What's the thing that you – is that what's the thing you put in your pocket? You got it right, protractor. A protractor, yeah. yeah. You like you put your pins in and stuff. My dad used to wear one well, of those. that's a pocket protector. Pocket protector. Protractor is the, the little, little circular thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry. I got my... I mean, you could put a protractor in a yeah, pocket, pocket protect, protector. Pocket protector. I think we ought to come back with those. We could put our logo on it? Yeah, the uh, um, Unchanging Truth logo. There you go. There you we go. Could call, let's call this the Pocket Protector Studio. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So when oh. our producer's away, we will play. That's right. That's right. But But... <laughs> yeah, the tree of life. The tree produces fruit. So he fleshes all that out. And then he says, hey, now we're going to talk about in verse 22, how does this apply to you? He starts out with the word consider. Hey, ponder this. Really, really think about what what we're about to say. And then right out of the chute, Ryan, he gives a warning. Yeah. Consider the severity of God. Yeah. Basically, you got nothing to be arrogant about. You got nothing to brag about. You got nothing to brag about when it comes to you and what you've done. Yeah. Um, he even he even makes the point there, hey, you're not the one that supports the root. I think we I think we think so. Yeah. The yeah. root supports you. I may have I may have told this story before, so if if I have, you know, forgive me, uh, listeners, but we'll just go with uh, but it's story time with Steven, story man. Like Steven. it's always so good. So Basically, when back when Tiger Woods was really, really firing on all cylinders and was winning all these golf tournaments and stuff, I, w- I was in a group of guys and the guy made a comment. He said, uh, "Could you imagine?" Because I think he's I think he's Buddhist. Whether he's practicing Buddhist or not, I don't know. But somebody said, "Can you imagine what Tiger Woods could do for Jesus mm. if he gave his life to Jesus?" Right. And uh, and this old guy spoke up and he said, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Can you imagine what Jesus yeah. could do for Tiger Woods yeah. <laughs> if Tiger Woods gave his life to Jesus? Um, and so that's building off of what he says there in verse 18. You don't support the root. The root supports you. Anything good that comes out of our life, it's it's through God. I mean, we're not we're not ones to, to brag about what we've done. We're not we're not we're not supposed to exalt ourselves. And he says, be careful there. Be careful there. If I cut off the if I cut off the natural branches then what makes you think I won't cut you off? Right. Now, you you referenced the fact that, you know, under this warning of severity and talking about he will cut you off, you said sometimes people take this out of context um, 
you know, he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about the fruit. He's talking about usefulness. Um, but so can you explain why people maybe take that you will get cut off out of context? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, when you take it in uh, to consideration with the Jews that have been cut off, what cut them off? Because they did not believe. They did not believe in Jesus. So naturally, you think of they're cut off from salvation. Uh, and so, okay, all right. So he's saying, hey, if I if I would do that to them, what makes you think I wouldn't cut you off? Yet, yet the very author of this, we know it was God himself, but he used Paul to write it. Paul goes over to the book of 1 Corinthians and in chapter 9, he's kind of talking about the greatest fear that he has in life. And he's like, hey, the reason why I'm really, really uh, serious um, and careful about living my life according to Christ and through the sap, right, the Holy Spirit that is flowing through me, uh, I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to say anything wrong. I want to be used by God. Um, he says that my greatest fear is that after I've preached to other people, I'm disqualified for the prize. Mm. Mm. He's not talking about a salvation. He yeah. is the one that has gone to great lengths right. over and over to say salvation is not something you can lose. Salvation is found in your identity or your relationship with Jesus, not in yourself. It's kind of the question that we asked last week. Okay, if you can earn your salvation, then what deed yeah, can yeah, you yeah. do that is yeah. good enough to earn your salvation? Mm. And so Paul is basically saying, I, I don't I don't, I don't want to be, lose, be disqualified for the prize. I take that as the crowns that will be ga- given to us for the deeds, the actions that we've done that in turn in heaven we will cast back at his feet but paul is saying here look man i don't want to and we all know this i mean i've had this conversation with you before ryan some of the greatest preachers that i've ever heard before are not in the pulpit right now because they've become disqualified for standing there because of some kind of uh, immorality in their life yeah They, they become disqualified yeah you're like, well, what about forgiveness? A hundred percent forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for grace. Um, but we don't work that out in that position. Yeah, yeah. It takes it takes a season of healing, man. It takes yeah. a season a season of uh, of understanding and making myself accountable. Um, and here's Paul, and Paul saying, "Listen." Man, I, I, I don't want to get to the point where I spent all these years preaching to others about Jesus, and then I'm no longer useful. Yeah. I, I don't want that to happen. And so I don't want to be cut off. Yeah. And so be careful there. I, I can tell you this. In most cases, when you see moral failure in ministry, um, the individual has exalted themselves there's no accountability in their lives. Yeah. There, there have been guys that I knew that were very, very uh, intelligent. And some of the things that they did were just so stupid. You're <laughs> like, how in the world yeah. would they ever? Again, you know, the New Testament tells us kind of how this whole thing fleshes out. First of all, I lie to others about my sin. Secondly, I <laughs> lie to God about my sin. And what's the third stage? I'm now lying to myself about the sin. Yeah. That it is now no longer a sin. Yeah. Uh, no, it applies to everyone else. It just doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Because look at who I am. Yeah. Look, 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 look at what I've done for God. Um, and so that's I think that's the warning. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, don't don't ever sit there and think that the fruit that you're seeing in your life is a result of this old branch. Right. <laughs> no, all the branch is is uh it's a conduit, right? It's a vessel. Yeah. 
you get you get rid of the roots and you get rid of the trunk if there's no sap there's no life yeah and what do you do with dead branches you cut them off you throw them in the fire well i like what you said kind of in the middle of all this you said don't brag about the fruit brag about the root like sounds like old country saying but sounds like a song yeah there you go put a dog in there somewhere but man it sounds like a song (laughs) yeah 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 and then there's a you know after the warning he's like i'm going to welcome you yeah it's almost like he says hey let me tell you what this is not now let me tell you what this is yeah a welcome to the spirit filled life and how liberating that is because you can look at you can look at the Christian life one of two ways. You can look at it as, oh, what a burden this is. Mm. Now I've got to live. Yeah, I've got to I've got to live like Christ, man. I've got to be a person of love. I've got to be a person of peace. I've got to be filled with joy. Oh, the burden, the burden of living the Christian life. <laughs> and and well, no, I mean when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's no longer a burden. It's now a blessing. Are yeah, you kidding sure. me? Yeah. Are you kidding me, man? I I get to live a life of love. Yeah. I get to have joy in my heart. Yeah. I get to be a man of peace mm. because of the Holy Spirit. So it's not it's not me doing these things, but instead it's saying, I'm going to fall more in love with Jesus Christ. I even made the comment, okay, what is my job in all this? I'm just going to stick as close to the vine as possible, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and you even say that. It's not about falling. It's it's about falling more in love with Jesus. And you say, stay stuck on the vine, like stay stuck to the vine. And I and I think maybe that's where sometimes we miss it is – you know, we don't we don't take it um, seriously. We don't take our Christian walk seriously enough to where it is a every moment thing for us. Like I think we, you know, and life gets in the way. I get it. You know, life happens. Life is stressful. Things happen during the week, during the day. But man, if we would just consistently, you know, what Scripture talks about, praying without ceasing and always being in. Uh, being in communion with with god like if we would just stay stuck on the vine stay stuck to the vine like i can't imagine what the church would look like if we just remain consistent to who jesus is remain consistent in his word proverbs talks about it psalms talks about it it's just staying staying in the vine like i i just think we miss it absolutely no doubt so um your very last point is the wonder of the Jew being grafted back in. Um, and this kind of closes out, you know, everything that you were talking about with, uh, with chapter 11 here. So I'll let, you, I'll let you finish this out with this last point, the wonder of the Jews being grafted back in. Yeah, the word that Paul uses is uh, mystery. Mm. Uh, in, ver- in verse, in verse 20, 25, the, the mystery. And uh, he's talking about a blindness that they are experiencing uh, I would say that blindness as a re- is a result of their unbelief, not in Christ. And um, it's not a complete blindness of the Jews, again, because we know some that have put their faith and trust in Jesus, some that have a relationship with him, some that are completed, that have been grafted, you know, they're grafted into the tree of life. But there, there is a majority of them that have been blinded by unbelief. I would say this as well. It's the same thing that blinds Gentiles. It's the same thing that blinds anyone. Unbelief. Uh, what does that unbelief look like? I'd say for the Jews, for the most part, is we're, we're, we're Jews. We're, we're, we're highly religious. We're, yeah, we're, this is taken care of. We're chosen by God. Everything's good. But what he tells us here is he's still not through with them. 
that there's going to be a great revival that is going to take place. Uh, that at some point in time, uh, when that very last Gentile is 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 saved before the rapture of the church, think that God's going to turn to Jesus and say, "All right, it's time, man, rapture out the church." And then all of a sudden, uh, when the church is raptured, it's going to—I believe it's going to start a literal seven-year yeah. time of tribulation. Yeah. Yet, when you study the Book of Revelation, it makes it very clear that during that time of tribulation, there is going to be a great harvest and revival that's going to take place <clears throat> among Jews. Yeah. And uh, they're going to, you know, it's like the scales are going to fall off of their eyes and they're going to say, ah, oh, he, Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that we've been waiting for that our parents or fathers and grandfathers missed. And, and we, 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 we see that it is him. And so, um, and so then, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be grafted back in. They're going to come back into that tree. It's interesting. And we even bring it up in Zechariah chapter 12, uh, a book that was written 500 years before Jesus was even born in Bethlehem, before he was even crucified. It's interesting. 250 years before even crucifixion mm. was ever even mm. documented as taking yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, so we would, we would say, you know what, 530 years or roundabout before Christ was crucified. And he writes in there and he talks about that the house of David, the Jews, that he's going to pour out a spirit of grace and a spirit of supplication. And they're going to look on Jesus. And he says they're the one they have. They've pierced Mm. Mm. over 500 years before it happened, 250 years before they ever nailed people to a wooden cross. And here it's talking about it happening. That they're going to look on the one they pierce and they'll mourn for him. Why? They're going to grieve because they're going to say, we've missed it. Yeah. We've missed it. Verse 26, all Israel will be saved. Does yeah. that mean that they will be saved because they are Jews? No. It means they'll be saved because they put their faith and trust in in Jesus Christ. They'll recognize the Messiah. There's a remnant of it happening right now. There's a, uh, a partial uh, um happening of it right now but after the church is raptured there's going to be an amazing amount of jews that will come to christ Mm. so i guess the most important question that we finished with is where are you in all this yeah yeah have you been grafted into the tree i mean really don't even focus on the point are you a jew are you a gentile no focus on the fact that you are a human being with a soul yeah do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Yeah. Do, maybe I shouldn't even use the word Savior. I think I nailed that a few weeks ago just saying, hey, let's quit focusing on Savior. You never read of him really as Savior. You read him of his Lord. Yeah. Uh, Lord covers all the bases. So is he the Lord of your life? Um, and if he is, if he is, what is your job? <laughs> Stick to the vine. Yeah. Stick to the vine. Allow him to move and work in and through you every day, falling more in love with him. How do I do that? I'm going to dig into his word. I'm going to lay the word over my life. I'm going to make adjustments with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit to be conformed to what the word says. Mm. And I'm going to give him great glory whenever someone says, hey, man, what's different about you? Well, Jesus got a hold of me. Jesus has changed me. He can do the same to you. Um, And for those who don't know that they know Christ, 
Today's the day of salvation. Yeah. Today's the day to turn to him. I mean, even right now, as you're listening to this podcast, examine your own salvation. Hey, am I in Christ? Do I personally know him? A relationship, an intimate relationship with him. I know him, uh, you know, uh, the way that I would know another individual that I'm close to. I, I walk with him. I talk with him. He is active in my life. He speaks to me. Um I'm obedient to him. If 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 you can't say that, then you need to you need to turn to him right now. If you can say that, then you say, "All right, here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Where where do you want me to serve me? How how do you want me to be used by you?" Again, the whole passage it's a great teaching passage. Dives in uh, throughout multi generations, throughout different people groups, but in the end, uh, it all boils back down to what is the very nature of God. Well, that'd be John three sixteen that he loved the world so much that he gave his son. Well, as always, Pastor Stephen, thank you so much for just diving into the text and tearing it apart so that way we can not tear it apart, ripping, diving into it, making sure that we understand what it means and what it says. Um, Dissecting it. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you so much. Um, So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being in the room with us. Thank you for being the pastor that you are always pointing to Jesus. And again, if you are listening, please understand that we are here to help. We want to talk with you through what it means to love Jesus and how to do that. So thank you for listening to The Unchangeable Truth, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www. Dot Highland and it's H I L A N D Park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info highlandpark.org if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him. Our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in Christ. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.